Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You don't want to be halfway through, much like uh, our football team starts and finishes games. They're like halfway through. Yeah, they're very, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they get bored. but yeah, they, they don't like coming out of the, they, they must have one hell of a spread at halftime, you know, like a whole deli tray or something, <laughs> all sorts of cheeses. Cause yeah, it is not a, uh, it has not been their thing. As I try to like. Ooh, bring up stats. Ooh. Stats are for losers. Uh, yeah, well, it's a good thing because our stats kind of suck. <laughs> Five and oh, baby. Five and oh. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I guess uh, are we jumping right into it? Hey. Let's do hey, it. everybody. We've already jumped right into it. We didn't have any of that downtime chatter. It's the Sneaky Good Pod. We're actually doing two episodes in a season. It's crazy talk. Our uh, biannual podcast. Yeah, we're, we're moving up to – hey, we might make a triannual. Uh, tri- Who knows? <laughs> I, I'm Poser. That's Dan. Talking about talking about stats are for losers, which is bad news for me because I write the stat column. Let's talk about stats, baby. <laughs> um, I, I know uh, what's wrong. Bill's getting a little bit of pushback from everybody because uh, the S and P has not been kind to LSU this year, which is sort of the opposite of normal where we normally rate really, really highly in the S&P, and the record doesn't reflect it. That's this, true. This, this year's sort of the opposite. I think I think there's been a thing in the past couple of years, We and it's something that I've delved into. I don't think we've been as good as his numbers suggest, or at least the numbers that he looks at most. And I think this year is that this team is better than the numbers suggest. And honestly, we've said that same thing about Etling and Burrow. I think they have become kind of the symbols of that. Yeah, but I, w- I was thinking about this this morning because, well, first of all, to say we don't – like we're still like 17th in his rankings. This is not like we're – at the yeah, but I mean, we're fifth in the AP, and we've paid, played one of the most difficult schedules in the country. I think that's really where the tension comes from. Is like we look at our schedule; it's easily the most accomplished of anybody in the nation, and it just doesn't feel like uh, his numbers. Even though we know that they're weighted and adjusted, 
they don't feel that way. It's like, well, no one yeah, else has had it, to deal with what we've had to deal with. Yeah, it's. I think what it comes down to is that there are five and O's and there are five and O's, and this one feels a lot more weighty than previous than other five and O's we've seen. Um, I mean, even around the country, but I mean, even look at Bama. I mean, I know they're crushing teams, but their schedule is dog shit. I mean, just it's dog shit so far. And I do think, I mean, and I understand that it's adjusted for strength of opponent and things like that, but I do think there is a difference between playing a weak team and a strong team. Uh, and I, I mean, this is not to knock Bill because I think Bill does really great work that I rely on a lot. Um, and you know, I mean, he's a really smart guy. I, li- I, I actually he has the best ratings out there. So the reason I'm bringing him up is because they're the best, and that's why we use them. Um, but I do think there is something to be said that there is some there is such a thing as teams that are bullies that can bludgeon bad teams, but as soon as they play a good team, they wilt. And they tend to look better in the numbers than they actually are. I'm not saying Alabama is one of those teams, but right now you don't know that they're not. Uh, I mean, uh, unless we're bringing in previous years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look, they're impressive. I, two is yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> they're, they're killing teams. They are. They're very, very good. So, um, but I, I am interested in. Uh, to me, and again, this is like you just said, it's bringing in previous seasons. I think they're clearly the best team in the country. Yeah, and there's I've, there's not really too. a number two right now that's like, oh, they could knock off Bama. Like, there's no one that looks like that right now. Um, yeah. But it's also say, October 1st, you know? <laughs> yeah. I would say right now, Georgia is probably the number two team in the country. And they've, I mean, they've been good, but they haven't blown your door off. Uh, I think at the end of the year that Missouri win is going to look better and better. I I really like this Missouri team, but I could be wrong because, once again, it's still October 1st. Um, But, yeah, even then they didn't didn't blow them out. I mean, they were blowing them out and they let kind of Missouri back in there. And then, you know, this week they just kind of of farted around a little bit. And that kind of seems to be Georgia's thing is, hey, we have a ton of talent. We know we're good. We're going to do just enough – to win comfortably. We're never going to sweat it, but we're also never going to make it. So we're so far ahead that the game's over and LSU fans are pretty familiar with that kind of team. And we're, we're doing a little bit of that this year with our third quarters. Georgia's also had a lot of fortunate turnover luck that. Yeah. I'm not saying the turnover luck is bound to go away. I'm not saying that means they're going to suddenly start losing games. Just that it has helped them early on in the season. Look, turnover luck has helped LSU so far this year. And honestly, I think that's one of the most encouraging things out of the Ole Miss game is that LSU blew out a team without any help from turnover luck. Indeed. In fact, if anything, the turnovers really cut against them. And also remember, not every just because you're up on turnovers, it's not exactly all turnover luck. I mean, this is a very opportunistic defense. Um, I don't want to, I think fumbles, it's forcing a fumble is not luck. Recovering the fumble is luck. So, and also like just, once again, LSU prides itself on being DBU. I mean, there is something to be said that this team is going to have interceptions. That's just the nature of the game. 
And man, Grant Delpit is just on another level right now. He, he is he's playing out of his mind. He is great. Yeah, there's been a lot of. Uh, I saw even Jamal Adams tweeted about him today, but um, I actually agree with John Battle. Like Delpit has settled into that sort of elite role. I think a little bit faster than Adams did. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I know on the site today there was a discussion of like the best recent safeties we've had, and. For me, I mean, I know everyone loves Jamal Adams, but I would actually put Eric Reed at number one. I would go Reed, Adams, Landry, and then if you look at pro, Clark would be number four probably. Um, Delpit's certainly on that list. I, I think he has the potential to be the number one on that list. I would put him five right now just because of if he gets hit by a bus tomorrow and doesn't add to his legacy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but – I, I think the way his career is progressing, and remember, we, we at least get him for one more year. Um, he is not draft eligible. Um, he could go down as the best safety we've ever had, and that's saying something because you know, LSU's had some pretty good safe. Uh, okay, maybe not the best safety team's ever had. There's a three-time All-American that might want to say something about that. That's true. <laughs> but, I mean, realistically – Tying it back here, it's October 1st. We are 5-0. and Yeah. You and I both, we've talked about this before, written about it. The preseason chatter was, I mean, there were people going far enough to saying, I don't know, like, we might barely get to six wins. We might be 7-5. and five. You know, that was not an out of the, like, that wasn't a wild expectation that people Honestly, uh, look, Vegas put us at seven wins. Yeah. I think seven and five was the pick. This team was picked and, fifth to go in the SEC West. Vegas, and remember, this doesn't include bowl games. So, but still, yeah. I, I think uh, I think seven and five is exactly where people largely had this team. And I think it was that it was there was a little bit of an element of this team's better than seven and five, but the schedule so tough they'll only win seven games. Yeah. And yeah. I think two things have happened there. One, they've won a lot of the tough games early on. The Auburn game is still a big win. Miami, there's kind of this narrative now that Miami is not a good team, and they're just crushing teams like Alabama is um, against an even worse schedule than Alabama, admittedly. But they are killing teams. Um, Miami looks like they're going to win 10 games. Yep. Um, So that's a great win. So you're through some of the games that I think people were picking LSU to lose. But also, on the other end, some of the really tough schedule doesn't look quite as daunting as it did on September 1st. No, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking more realistic. I mean, Georgia and Alabama's – yeah, Georgia and Alabama still look like Georgia and Alabama. But Mississippi State, this is not going to be the best Mississippi State team of the past – 30 years, which a lot of people thought they were going to be going into this year. Um, Florida, they're in the top 25 right now, but they just haven't looked great. Um, they're winning, so that's something. Um, A&M, they could be good. They've they've lost two games, but they looked good losing, but they still lost. So all of a sudden, the schedule, which looked like this monster – I mean, it's still a really tough schedule, but it no longer looks like an, oh, my God, how can you navigate this schedule? Yeah. 
Plus, I just want to call into attention, like, not only are we 5-0, and we are 5-0 and with margins of victory of 16, 31, 17, and 29. Like, yeah. that is four blowouts, and our one close win is on the road at Auburn. Yeah, which so, is just an, a really tough place to play, and I don't think anyone's yeah. – that, that's – yeah, no one's sneezing at that one. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not like, oh, you know, LSU like fumbled around and wound up 5-0. It's like, no, we've pretty much smacked everyone around except for Auburn, who is a top 10 team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Auburn has not looked great since the LSU game. Um, I'm going to give them a pass for this week. Uh, there was a lightning delay for, what, three or four hours in that one? Yeah. They didn't look good at first, but it's also hard to get out for Southern Miss. Um and at the end of the day, they, they won fairly comfortably. I mean, I know Southern Miss got the ball with a chance to take the lead, but it never really went anywhere. There was never a point where I was like, oh, I need to pick up my remote and watch the Auburn-Southern Miss game. Yeah. God help us. Yeah, no, that's, you know, because look, if they were going to lose to Southern Miss, I, that is appointment television. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like this, and what's really great about it is they're blowing teams out, and they don't look like they've played their best game yet. I think that's the to really go back to how this conversation started with the stats is when I look at Conley's numbers, and I've listened to you know podcasts they played no one, and hear him talk about LSU, like prior to the Ole Miss game, Godfrey was like basically, oh LSU's going to crush Ole Miss, Ole Miss can't stop anybody. And his Bill's response is basically like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if LSU's offense is good enough to do that to Ole Miss. And I'm not saying his expectations shouldn't be tempered because of our history. But yeah, I think as an LSU fan, admittedly biased, watching this offense, you can kind of see this offense has an extra gear that it hasn't, hasn't fully yet. Like it hits it sometimes and then it loses it. And honestly, I think a lot of time bias works the other way, that you tend to be excessively negative. And like uh, no one manages the clock as poorly as LSU or you know, no one has a passing game as inept as LSU. And you look around the country, there's a lot of teams that can't find a quarterback. Really – and it is sunk programs. I mean that's you know Texas, USC. Uh, you know, these were huge programs that couldn't get over bad quarterback play and they, they had losing records. You know, LSU has been able – they've had bad quarterback play, but they've kind of weathered the storm. And I mean if you think LSU's had bad quarterback play, check out Florida – because since Tebow, it has been an atrocity. Um, but you tend to conflate these things as being, oh, this is unique to LSU because you only watch LSU. So I think actually being really negative about the LSU offense is a bias of an LSU fan, if that makes any sense. For sure. Because I think LSU – and this isn't just LSU fans. All fans are myopic when you know, you're know you not perfect. They're like, oh my god, this is the worst blah 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 you know, No one else has done, you know this thing happen to them. Yes, they do. And no, it's not. <laughs> like, and I think what was really encouraging about this game is, first off, you've seen Joe Burrow. He hasn't quite had the numbers, and I know it's kind of become a cottage industry to give him the drops, and I hate that because your numbers are your numbers. But – there's also an element of he has looked better than his numbers, and I, I do think there's an element of that. What was encouraging about this weekend's game is how much he spread the ball out. Yep. 
it, it was just like this seems like an offense that's really hitting his stride because they're finding playmakers. And I, I think clearly now Justin Jefferson's our top receiver. Uh, I think Burrow and Jefferson have a connection that no one else on the – he doesn't have a connection with anyone else on the team. That That's his security blanket. Um, I, I know he came in as the, the most hyped was – uh, Terrace Marshall, but I think Jamar Chase right now is our best freshman. He he's he's the guy who really looks like he's got the that extra gear, and he hasn't put it all together yet. And I don't expect that of a freshman, but I think Jamar Chase is going to be the guy who's going to be special. Yeah, he looks like it right now. Yeah, and you know he only had that one. He only had one catch. You know, it was for a touchdown. But every time he touches the ball, something great happens. He, he's just that kind of player, which is what you want as a freshman. I, I don't need consistency out of my freshman. I, I'd rather have that hint of something better. Yeah, and he still had um, – I mean, you brought up Marshall. Marshall had a 52-yard Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying Marshall's week. bad. I, I am try, not trying to say that as Marshall is bad. I'm trying to say that Chase has – Marshall came in as a little bit more hyped – I mean, not by yeah. much, but he was the five star and Chase has been the guy who's looked like the five star recruit. Yeah, for sure. There, I will say, also like, there's like two minds I have about it, which is both. I'm trying not to get too excited because it was the Ole Miss and their defense truly is wretched. Um, yes. So there's a little bit of that propping us up from this performance. So our offense is probably somewhere in between like this and what we saw other weeks where it was a little more pedestrian. I, I agree with that. You're not going to get 550 yards of offense every week. But I don't think this team needs 550 yards of offense because you know, the defense, I think, is truly special. Uh, I would like for them to get more pressure on the quarterback. Um, I think that's more of a function, not a problem with the defensive line. It's a problem with no depth in the secondary that they're – they're not rushing guys because they're basically trying to cover for the secondary right now, which is weird because we have this great top end talent. You know, we're talking about Grant Delpit, Greedy Williams is giving me a first round pick. Um, but that second corner is still, still a little bit dicey. And which is weird because LSU has now played. I mean, if, if a team was going to expose LSU's secondary, it was going to be Ole Miss. They've got depth coming out their ears. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, O called out the, the four-man rush today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in, like you said the defense is special, but if you look at the numbers again, like they're not – not that they're bad, but they are not like, oh, my God, this unit is amazing. I wouldn't yeah, say I, special if you look at the numbers. That I agree with. It's the um, – it, it's a unit that does not put it all together yet. But then again, like everybody's close. If you look at the um, – if you actually look at it at yards per play, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the SEC, um, right now, LSU is six. And you're like, okay, it's middle of the pack. But here's the thing. First place is 4.35 Georgia. LSU is at 4.69 and six. It's not a very big gap. And second place is Kentucky at 4.46. The big thing is there's a really – it's a very narrow gap. LSU is actually ahead of Bama. Bama's at 4.73 yards per play. But also LSU, again, this is where I will say they've played a tougher schedule. That Their 4.63 yards per play is more impressive 
than almost anybody else's average right now just because of they have faced – I mean they have faced two teams that might finish the season in the top 10 and they've faced one of the more explosive offenses in the country. I mean Ole Miss can't play a lick of defense, but that offense is for real. That's for sure. And even Tech has a pretty good offense. Uh, and honestly, that's a game that looks a lot better. You know, um, they beat La Tech beat North Texas this week, and North yep. Texas is a team that a, a lot of people had pegged to go win ten or eleven games. I mean, they still might win ten games, but you know, Tech North Texas had an outside shot of having the undefeated season. They could have been this year's UCF, and for La Tech to go and beat a team that good, it shows that yeah, LSU lost focus against La Tech, but it, it wasn't like they were a traffic cone. Louisiana Tech can play a little. Yeah, they have NFL quality talent. Not across the board, but they have players that are going to play in the NFL. Yeah, and and they will end the season as one of the best group of five teams. Yeah, I think so. And that that, so it does kind of say something about this team. Yeah, so it's weird. Like, yeah, the numbers aren't quite there yet. But on the flip side, I'm kind of confident in – in the team because the gaps aren't that big. And then I do think there is a schedule effect. Yeah. And I think there is an element to this team on both sides where they're still kind of figuring out who their best players are. Um, it's all been that, forgotten, but like we've replaced a lot of players on this team. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. There, I think that's one of the big things about Grant Delpit's emergence. You know, we, we thought he'd be really good. But I don't think we thought he was going to be the best player on the defense. Yeah, uh, Devin Devin White still has something to say about that. Uh, Devin White had a had a good game this week. He didn't have a great one, which is weird for him. I, I feel like um, ignoring him because he he didn't have his standard ten tackle <laughs> right. effort. Uh, but Delpit, it's not just that Delpit has these numbers. He's also he he makes big plays. He, you know he he's made big interceptions. You know he, you know he comes up with sacks at the exact right time, kind of thing. He, he's he definitely has that honey badger element of he has that you know that je ne sais quoi that you know pops up. Yeah, and then you got a guy like Jacob Phillips again, probably a player we're all like, okay, he'll take a step forward. He really didn't play that much as a freshman, or and when he did, he wasn't super impressive. Even though he's a five-star recruit, he's a guy you're thinking is going to take a step forward. But now, like, he's arguably been, like, one of our top three best defensive players. Yeah. Um, I think what's really been tough for the team is how much the linebacker depth has been you – know, they've been forced to rely on it. I mean, you, you lost – you know, you lost Chase on, which was a huge loss. But – just down the line, they lost two or three linebackers and they weren't all starters. But after a while, that's you lose three guys out of the two depth. That matters. Yep. And, uh, um, they responded just almost everybody stepped up big. Um, it's, you know, Andre Anthony has, you know, been really good as kind of the, I don't want to say he's made it. So we haven't missed chase on, but Anthony is, he has pulled his weight. You know, him and Thornton combined have – they have been a close proximity. 
How about that? But not – I mean you're never going to replace a guy like that. But it, yeah. it, it, ha- it hasn't been – it hasn't drugged the team down. Like, you know, they're, they are capable understudies and they're, they're showing they have their own talent, you know, their, their own abilities as well. It's not, they're not just keeping the lights on. Yep. It's, um, yeah, and the team hasn't had a ton of great injury luck so far either, which is another plus for yeah. how, how well it's been coached, I think. Yeah, yeah, things have not gone their way. Like, if, if you had to write before the season, okay, LSU is going to go five and zero. Oh, how does it happen? There were certain things I think you would have said need to happen, and not all, not many of them have happened. Um, you know, Giles has been pretty much a no show this season. I, I think the team is moving on from that. Yep. Um, the linebacker, I mean, it's you know the, the depth has been exposed. They're rolling a lot of guys in linebacker. Yes, we got Christian Fulton back. That was a big deal at defensive back, but I still don't think you know we have a solid second corner. Um, you know, the pass rush is it's not there yet. I mean, these are huge issues, and then this is before getting to the biggest issue with the team. The offensive line has just been mix and match every week. Yeah, it's unbelievable. What they have been able to do with the amount of attrition they had when they couldn't really afford any attrition is is truly remarkable that uh, that unit is playing way over its head right now. How much credit of that do you give to Burrow? I I do give a lot of credit to Burrow. Um, He makes smart decisions. He's getting the ball out. I think part of his completion percentage is him throwing the ball away. Yep. Um, So there is an element to that. Um, I, I think there's a confidence that the line has that, you know, Burrow is going to help them out. Um, but I, I, I also think it's the coaching. Let's, let's give credit. Like we've ripped on offensive line coach after offensive line coach. And now it seems like we have a pretty good one. Yeah, that was a big hire. Um, early returns are definitely good. I mean, it's, and we're having to rotate in guys like Jason Hines, who's a true freshman. And now all of a sudden it looks like we're going to be playing a true freshman center who seemed more like a project. But I know he's playing a bit out of necessity, but if they feel good enough to be playing him, I guess what I'm saying is he's not – he's clearly impressed enough to be on the field. Because if he was that bad, if he was needing development, they would have shifted someone else to the role. I mean, what's amazing, it's not just the number of players they've lost on the line. It's it's that they've everybody who has been healthy has had to play multiple positions. I mean, we're talking about a team that was it's down its two starting tackles. Um and that's that's amazing. You shouldn't be able to win with that. And it wasn't like this was this this was the team the unit going of the year. You're like, this is the worst unit on the team. And if you said, okay, well, you're gonna you're gonna lose your suit two starting tackles. Oh, and their top backup. <laughs> You'd be like, um, I, I don't think it's going to go very well. Um, but I do think the backups have played so well. That's allowed them to keep Charles on the bench. I, I think if they didn't have confidence in the backups, I think Charles would have played against Ole Miss. Yeah. And he's, he's certainly going to play this weekend. Right. I, I think there's been an element and that's been a very helpful thing. It's like, okay, Hey, take the rest. We can, you know, the team's got your back. Yeah, you know, get all the way healthy, and and they haven't had to rush guys back in because the backups have played so well. 
Um, and still, you know, Charles is, it's still his job. I mean, he is one of the best linemen on the team. Um, but it wasn't panic time. It's no longer, Oh, well, someone else is in the game, you know, left tackle is a disaster. Um, it's, it's not like that. It's, it's been really encouraging to see how well th- they have played with musical linemen. I, I think the only lineman who's played now every game as a starter is Lewis. Is that right? Uh, I, I think well, Lewis might be the only Cushenberry until this well, Cushenberry got hurt now. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's not going to play next week. So those so, two are the only two that played the first five games and then, uh, it'll yeah. just be Lewis after this week. Yes. Yeah. And, and Lewis is, is a Jugo transfer. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean, it's just amazing, uh, what they have done on the line and, and there's something to be said for having a quarterback behind you that can make quick reads. Like it makes you look a little bit better. And I do think you're seeing some of the problems in the running game. Um, Brosette's start has started to slow a little bit. Um, he's just, I, I, I still like Nick Brosette. I like, you know, what he's done for the team, but he doesn't really seem like he has that extra gear. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's not as consistent. I think he has that, that gear, but he's not as reliable in and out, you know, play and play out. So it's, it's a good rotation between the two and they complement each other pretty well. Um, but you'd like for like Chris Curry to step up and be, you know, seize the job, but I don't see that happening. Chris Curry has ran for the three hardest yards of anybody on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every then, damn run from him. He's like hitting like six people and, refusing to go down but he only gets like a half a yard but isn't he also running on like short yardage situations most of the time so like it's like has he, he's he has like three yards but i think he has like two first downs <laughs> 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 like so he i haven't been disappointed in him yet um i, I mean he's a bigger guy um but it is kind of disappointing that uh, it's also kind of funny that joe burrow was the leading rusher against ole miss I mean, we should. Burrow is a legitimate running threat. Yes, I mean, I, I know think, he, he, is. he. His numbers are a little bit propped up by the big run against Ole Miss, but he's still got 150 yards. He's averaging like 4.4 carry. Like, he's not a guy that you're going to like let tuck and run 20 times a game, but he can do it if you ask him to do it. Yeah, like you know, he's not Nick Fitzgerald. But Nick Fitzgerald can't throw, so yeah. <laughs> Please don't be Nick Fitzgerald. <laughs> so I, there's something to be said for that. I mean, if you look at the the great running quarterbacks, and you know, like Tim Tebow couldn't throw, but he was just so good at running the ball. He was, you know, dangerous. Yeah, Burrow is a he's a true double threat in the classic sense of the word that he can actually run and pass. Um, I guess Kelly Mond is probably the only other guy in the country in the conference who's really like that because I think Mon can beat you with his arm. And then of course, you know, Tua and Jalen hurts yeah. at Alabama. Tua. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because most of the times when you see a, a running quarterback, you, you worry about their arm. Like Philippe Franks is a running quarterback, but he, he has less rushing yards than Burrow. And you know, he's his passing yards are, I am terrified to check them. I think he's at like 900. Yeah. Actually, actually doing pretty good. Yeah, he's yeah. going for 7.6 yards in attempt. He's at 57.1%. Oh, 
Philippe Franks is, you know, doing better than I thought he was. Uh, probably because he's, yeah, he he lit up some bad teams, you yeah, know, right. like Tennessee. <laughs> but if you actually you look at his, his percentages by week, that Mississippi State game kind of came out of nowhere. Um, if he does that to LSU, we got problems. But I don't think he's going to do that to LSU. Yeah, that's what because he he complete he completed seventy one percent against Mississippi State, and before that his his highest against a FCS team, you know, F, um, an FBS team was fifty three point three percent against Colorado State. So that Mississippi State game was a huge outlier. I think that um, yeah, we should talk about the Florida game it, since we're on the eve of it. Um, yes. It's going to be very emotional again. Um, I think so. Statistically, they these teams line up to be about equals, and the, the opening spread basically says that they are equals. Um, I, I don't know that I agree, but maybe I'm underrating Florida. Um, the, my biggest thing is – Florida's defense looked really good against Mississippi State, but I also think, A, you have a coach that's very familiar with what Mississippi State can and can't do. Yeah, he, um, he knows he knows State inside and out. And, B, part of that is knowing Fitzgerald just can't beat you as a passer. So we're going to do everything that we can to stop the run game, knowing if you can beat us as a passer, then good on you kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think he believed that for a second that that would happen and it didn't. So I don't think LSU offers them the same sort of, Hey, if you shut down this facet of our game, it's over for us. You know, our offense isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I, I think that's a big problem with them. Also, it's, this is where I talk. you know, I, I mentioned being a bully. Um, they were pretty much dominated by Kentucky and Kentucky has turned out to be a really good team. So let's not we're dominated. Like, yes. Yeah, let, let's not write that off entirely, but um, that it was not, you know, a game that they wanted to put in their, uh, <laughs> you know, their their all time. It was not. But so Kentucky was a tough game for them, and they blew out Charleston Southern. So we can throw out the, you know, we'll, we'll throw out Charleston Southern, we'll throw out Kentucky. Just say okay, they lost to the best team on their schedule, and they blew out a really bad team, you know, and. You know, an FCS team, so who cares? Since then, look, they beat Colorado State and Tennessee are both terrible, and but they beat them pretty badly. So we'll give them points for that. Mississippi State's a better team, and that game was pretty ugly. Um, so to me, they profile pretty strongly as the kind of team that if you're not good, they're well coached enough that they'll destroy you just because they've got athletes. Yep. Um, but if you are a good team, they can't they they just can't keep up with an actual good team, or they just bring you down in the muck with them. And that's I think what you got to avoid. You you have to avoid the Mississippi State game. And yes, they had an incredible defensive effort against them, and honestly, they've had you know really good defensive efforts against Colorado State and Tennessee. Um, but I think that's also a matter of those teams helped. Um, Colorado State, Tennessee. And I think even state, these are not offenses that anyone is really afraid of. They're reminiscent of LSU offenses of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, I mean, if you look at their yards per play per game, it's, you know, it's 
you know, what they allowed. It's, you know, it's under four, under four, under four. They allowed 4.6 to Tennessee, and then they allowed eight yards to play to Kentucky. Um, when they had to play a top-notch team, they looked – there was just a different they – they were a different level. And maybe they can raise their game against LSU. They really hate LSU. Um, it'll be the one-year anniversary of Tom Petty's death, and they'll do the don't, um, don't, you know, don't back down thing, which is really cool. Um, but at the same time, LSU is just a more talented team, and LSU is more is just more battle tested, and I don't think they're going to be afraid of the swamp. I don't think so either. I mean, I think. It's sort of um, – yeah, I don't know. I The game will probably be ugly. The last two were both ugly. And so I think all that emotion gets into it. Um, yeah, Florida was terrible last year and the game wound up being pretty close. So Yeah, I, and that's what you know they want to do. That's how they beat State. They, it, it, hey, it's a, it's a classic LSU strategy. You know, turn it into a rock fight. And LSU needs to – Make it not rock fighty. Um, they, they need to be able to throw the ball around. Um, if it's, you know, if it's a thirteen to ten game, you're playing into Florida's hands. Yes. Yeah, turn it into a shootout because I don't think Florida could keep up. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. And you know, give give Florida credit; their pass defense has been really good this year. I mean, it's normally really good. Um, they also haven't really – once again, they haven't really played anybody. I mean even Kentucky. Kentucky is a is an old-fashioned pound-it-down-your-throat kind of running game. I got a kick out of – I think it was on the like SEC Network's official Twitter tweeting out like, uh, hey, congrats to Joe Burrow, SEC Offensive Player of the Week. And like the first reply to the tweet was a Florida fan being like, he ain't played DBU yet. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, God, yeah. they're still on this. They're still on this. Yeah. Like, guys, guys, you, you lost. It's OK. <laughs> hey, I work with Texas fans and they still try and insist that Texas is DBU. And I'm like, all right, well, you, know, you can keep thinking that. That's cool. But uh, um, you're not. You know, I'm like. I don't, I don't go to Penn State fans and tell them that they're not, you know, linebacker you <laughs> like. <laughs> Yes, that does not mean that you know Ohio State has not had very good linebackers. They have, but Penn State's still linebacker. You, they'll always be linebacker. You, because they are. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about LSU and DBU at this point. Like it's just the school identity at this point. It is interesting. Florida's pass defense is number two in the nation based on yards per game. Um, who is? Like, I don't feel like they have a stud DB. You know, they don't have, like, a Hargraves or they don't have, like, a Joe Hayden or one of those guys where they're like, oh, that's the guy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I really can't think anybody who you – know, C.J. Henderson's been – I mean, he's been okay. I mean, he's been good. I mean, Look, nobody has more than one pick on the team. Mm-hmm. So it's not – you know, it's not like you have – you know, a guy who's just been, you know, making tons. They do have disruptors on the defensive line. I think that's really kind of their strength. Yeah, you know, they, I agree. They, they, uh, it's not DBU. It's the defensive line that, you know, they – and once again, we go back to our offensive line. I don't have tons of confidence in our offensive line. They've, they've played really well. But at the same time, let's let's be fair. 
you know, I'm still worried about the offensive line. I mean, we're and their defensive line gets at quarterbacks, and CC Jefferson really hasn't gotten going yet. Um, that's kind of scary. Um, but it's it's the defensive line that's making it go, not the, the defensive backs. And yeah, at LSU, it's the defensive backs that are making it go. It's interesting if you look to the because Florida is usually pretty similar to us in that like they have big athletic dudes that can also run. But this is kind of a smaller team. I mean, their best players. Slayton is huge, but then like Zuniga is under 260 pounds. Jefferson under 260 pounds. Polite he's under 250 yeah. pounds. Like these are. Uh, more athletic, yeah. speedy types rather than like. And also, that's what, helps against, that's what helps against bad teams. Because, you know, if you have equal size level, you know, the talent's going to win out. But there comes a point where size does matter. That's right. Um, yep. <laughs> and I, I think LSU just having, you know, bigger, athletic, a bigger more athletic offensive line, that's going to play in. But also, at the receiver level, I, I mean. You know, Stephen Sullivan's a big dude. You know, McGrath, you know, we moved to a tight end. Um, LSU has some big physical receivers. Yep. And they're finally using their size. And I think what I really liked about Sullivan so far is that he's kind of become the third down guy. Yes. Like, like he's, he's, it seems like, you know, he got, it seemed like he had about 20 third down conversions against Ole Miss. I know it was only like four, but still, it, it felt, like every time he caught the ball, it was right at the sticks, third down. Um, you know, D. Anderson's he's another guy who's getting third down conversions, using the body. So even though I think Jefferson is, you know, the security blanket, that's the guy he goes to. I think on third down, he Burrow's done a really good job of saying, okay, these are my big guys. You know, I'm going to throw to the these you know, these guys because I'm not expect. I don't need the huge play here. I need the first down. I think he's, you know, he has that little mental switch. He can, he can make that read within seconds, where he's just like, oh, it's third down. I don't need forty yards. I need ten. I'm looking for my, you know, I'm looking for my possession receivers. Yeah, who's the big guy that's going to win the battle? Yeah, and, and so he's maximizing people's utility to the team. I think he's doing a great job, just using his receiving core to the best of their abilities. Yeah, it really helps that he hasn't. He really hasn't isolated a particular player i mean he's jefferson yes has probably been his number one but he's as you said spread the ball around and every week it's kind of been someone different with jefferson you know it's yeah going to someone else is like his second or third option every week i mean i even think guys who haven't gotten a ton of catches still feel involved in the offense I, i mean last in the last game against Ole miss you know they try to hit giles out of the backfield they try to get that screen and he got tangled up in the feet, but if he doesn't get brought down from behind, that could have been a huge gain. Um, but it was that it was still showing us like, hey, we're trying to get you involved. I think Derek Dillon, he hasn't yeah. really done a whole lot this year, but he's you know he's put some balls Dillon. Or I just mentioned D. Anderson; he's made some big drops. Their previous LSU teams would have already moved past Anderson. Yeah, I think he's he's doing a great job of making sure everyone gets brought in, gets incorporated. The tight end thing they hadn't really solved. I think they were kind of hoping that Thaddeus Moss could fill a role. And I don't know what's going on with him. And it seems like he can't get healthy. But 
And they basically said, OK, well, let's shift McMath into that role and let him be that guy. If that's the move tight end we need, then here's a guy that can do it for us. And early returns are good. Yeah, just it everywhere. It looks good. And Florida's a team that's you know, they're in the top 25. It's, this is not a, hey, roll in, pick up the win. But in the run up to the game, I'm, I was more nervous about Ole Miss and – that was mainly because Ole Miss does something spectacular. That that offense is for real. Uh, they've got a ton of weapons. They've got a really good quarterback. They can score a ton of points. And Ole Miss seems like the team that they're not. Their defense is terrible, and they're you know, they're going to struggle to you know. I think they'll make bowl eligibility, but they also have a big upset in them. Ole Miss is the kind of team that could beat an Alabama if they were sleeping. Clearly, Alabama is not sleeping on Ole Miss. They, you know, just bludgeon them to death. But there's something scary about them. You know, they have that thing that's good. Florida, there's just – I just don't see the playmakers. And I I think they're good, but at the same time, like you said, their strategy for success is to bring you into the muck. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, I think the things that – if I was taking the pro-Florida side, I would say – Hey, Mullen seemed to have a pretty good plan against LSU last year with Mississippi State. He's probably got a more talented team now than he did last year. Um, and they're going to be motivated and they're going to be angry and they're going to be – this is going to be an emotional game again. And once emotions get involved, all of your plans can crumble. So Yeah. Um, there's an, and maybe uh, Damian Pierce is that playmaker. I mean, he is averaging 10 yards a carry. You know, he has 25 attempts, so there, there could be something there. Um, but I mean, I think a lot of that is that you know he he he, he doesn't get a ton of carries a game. He's never had, you know. He's had nine, zero, five, seven, and four. So he's definitely. It could be that he's just the guy who's lucked out when the defense is, you know, taking a breather kind of thing. But he's the only guy that really seems explosive if you look at the numbers. Um, I mean, I think Scarlett's a really good running back, but I, I, he's just not the same player. Um, th- that knee injury is. You don't come all the way back. I think he, you know, he, I still think he's an sec player, but I think he was a next level player. And now I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's just, he's just a good running back. But at the same time, that's what I think LSU has. LSU doesn't have a running back that scares you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is hard to look. I know this sounds like totally hypocritical knowing our offense, but it's hard to look at their offense and see how they're going to, score points on us this yeah, feels like well, a game that could be like 17 nothing i mean even if you think of like previous lsu teams you could see the playmakers they just weren't making plays or mm-hmm. just because he ran so few it wasn't like you looked at a lineup you know with odell beckham and jarvis landry and said i have no idea where the playmakers are um and i think that's kind of what i'm doing with florida it's I, there's no one there that i'm game planning around Yeah, yeah. There's no one that scares you. You know, and even last year, you know, LSU had a you know pedestrian offense, but there was still DJ Chark. I mean, he, you still had to account. There were still guys who would scare you. 
That's true. What are the? Uh, I feel like what I remember last year is I feel like their backs just were kind of uh, they kind of bludgeoned us a bit. Yeah, there is something. I'm not a big fan of their offensive line, um, but we shall see. Like, uh, um, uh, LSU has not gotten a ton of pressure on the quarterback, but we also haven't blitzed a ton. I mean, it just. And when LSU has blitzed, good things have happened. I mean, it's sort of like for a team that doesn't have that many, you know, uh, that many sacks or tackles for a loss, you know, Delpit sure seems to have a lot of them. <laughs> and it's not like LSU is like I was just talking about how great Florida's sack pressure is. And you know, we played Auburn. And everyone talks about Auburn. Auburn and Florida have 15 sacks on the season each. LSU has 13, so it's not like LSU is getting no pressure, and they're doing it without blitzing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you know the lack of LSU pass rush is a little bit overstated. Um, I think part of that is also that LSU started on a high. They got a ton of sacks against Florida, a ton of sacks against Southeastern Louisiana, and since then, things have slowed. So I do think that 13 is, is probably as – before we were talking about you're not as you know you're better than the numbers. Here's a number that I think LSU is not as good as. I think people are right that the pass rush isn't as isn't as powerful. But they did show in like the Miami game when they need to, they can get out a quarterback. Yeah, I, I imagine I can imagine the the game plan this weekend will be that we don't think Franks can beat us, so we're going to go after him. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons, like, you weren't going to blitz Ole Miss because they just have, you know, they have Metcalf, they have A.J. Brown, they have Demarcus Lodge. You, you blitz them, it's insane. Their receivers are yeah. going to destroy the pass rush and check. I think with Florida, there's, you know, there's not a long list of receivers that just scare the hell out of you. So I think you can blitz in that situation. Agreed. So are you expecting, I guess, to wind this up? Are you expecting LSU to win handily? Are you expecting an ugly game? Are you expecting to see more on, like, we're on an upward trajectory? Um, I don't want to expect – look, it's still the swamp. So I, I don't want to say, oh, we're just going to blow out Florida. That, that's – that's a crazy expectation to have at one of the toughest venues to play in the country. Um, I, I do think LSU is the better team. I think they're going to win. I think they need to avoid that rock fight. They need to avoid that ugly game. So I think they can start putting the game away late. They can't take a third quarter off like they've done before. Uh, I think that's the big thing. That's But also, the reason they've taken third quarters off is that they've had huge leads. Yep. Um, so I'd like just to see LSU take a lead and just kind of put the game to bed. So I don't know win the game by like, like 10 points would be somewhere in that range, you know, when, when it by more than a score. So that's a comfortable win, but I don't think it's gonna be comfortable until late in the fourth quarter. I think it's gonna be a late score that puts it away. Um, but the uglier the game it is, the better it is for Florida. Yeah, I think if LSU plays a complete 60 minutes, which they were closer to this week, they did take a nap, but they kind of came out of it quicker than they have. 
if they play yeah, and also the nap. 60 minutes, they'll win. And also the nap, they did drive down the field twice and got to the red zone. They just fumbled when they got there. So it wasn't entirely – it wasn't as bad of a nap as they've taken before. Yeah. No doubt. The team is improving. I think that's the most encouraging thing. I think that's the big thing. So, yeah, this is a better team right now on October 1st than it was on September 1st. And that is an outstanding sign because the team probably needs to improve just as much for November 1st. Yeah. Because that's when, you know, when Alabama looms. And you still have to play A&M at the end of the year. So there are no easy games. Well, there are some easy games, but it's not this week. Uh, This is a team that still needs to stay focused. And this is something I kind of want to harp on is that this team is not good enough to take anybody for granted. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think a big part of this five, the reason they're playing so well is because the team is so focused. Um, they need to keep that focus. It's it's good that people are doubting them. They, they need that. I, I, the more people start believing them and start telling them nice things is when they start getting complacent. Um, so I like that it's a tight line. Uh, you know, I don't want people to say, hey, Florida's just as good as you are. Uh, they need that. They need that edge. They, I'd be more worried if they went in as a 10-point favorite. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know where I fall on that. I mean, I, they seem like a mature team, so I don't know if – I don't know if the noise is impactful to them as it, as you think it is. You know, it's, it's possible, but this is a team that has come out – and a lot of that confidence was early on when Devin White at the SEC media days was just like, yeah, you guys can talk. But I do think they've used that as a motivating factor. And, yeah, I don't think they need nonstop negativity from outside. But at the same time, mm-hmm. they, you, need a, you need a little bit of doubt. You, you need something to push you. And maybe all they need is just, hey, Bama's the best team in the country. You know, maybe yeah. that's all they need. And, and that's true. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting month. I mean, um, September looked fairly treacherous and October looks rugged. So it, it doesn't look as bad as it did before the season started. Um, I think it's a little bit lighter. I mean, it's still one of the tougher schedules in the, the October schedule. It's one of the toughest October schedules in the country, but it's not It's not impossible. I think before it looked, oh, my God, no team could go through this. And now you can see the cracks, and you're like, okay, I can, I can see how else you can navigate this. Yeah. But really, I think the season is the Georgia game. That That is – we are still firmly in the don't screw it up part of the schedule. You know, after beating Auburn, you had kind of a stretch of games, you know, Ole Miss, Florida of don't screw it up. Then you get to Georgia and that's, you know, that's when you get into the stretch of the season. It's Georgia state off week Bama. And that's, you know, that's the season. But for those three games to matter as much as we want them to. You need to take care of business now. Yeah, exactly. Get it done this weekend, and then you can start talking about dreams. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. 